This is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors Podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome into episode 54. I'm Canyon Clark here with Scott and Jeff. Nate couldn't make it in tonight, so it's the three of us again. We're going to talk a little bit about Hunter's in here. I don't know if she's going to talk or not. She's the producer in training. Anyway, we're going to talk a little bit about what's just been going on with us hunting-wise. I think I've done more hunting than you guys since the last podcast, but I know you guys have been once, and it was, you didn't get skunked anyway. It was at least a decent sit, I think. Just been more than once. I've been once. I've been working. Yeah, I've been a few times. Uh, went back behind the property. What night was that? I don't even remember. Saturday night, maybe? And, uh, I put my camera up back there on a fence post and try to see what's back there. And of course the first night I'm back there, I'm sitting in the stand and I see, uh, I heard a doe blowing. Actually, I texted you and I said, is Canyon hunting on the food plot? No, he just left the shop. I'm like, well, there's a doe blowing down that area, but it sounds like she's in the woods. And, uh, he said, well, no, he ain't down there. And I said, well, I don't know what she's blowing at. And then I'm, a few seconds later, here comes a coyote, and I text you again. Well, I know what she was blowing at. Mm-hmm. He come running up there. I could have shot him, but I didn't want to waste a twenty dollar arrow and broadhead on a coyote. Yeah. And so, uh, anyways, he took off, and then here come the doe. And what was there? Three fawns? I showed you video. I believe of. so. Yeah. Three fawns followed her up. She was tracking him, the coyote, and. uh they meandered around, took off, and then right about dark, I was sitting there, and then here come a bobcat. And I was trying to get pictures of him on my phone, but it's too dark. Where were you sitting that night, you said? On the north end of my property. Okay. And then I didn't get to go the next morning. I should have, but I didn't. I was, had other things I was wanting to do, and I didn't want to get tied up because I figured that uh, with my luck, there'd be deer under me and I wouldn't be able to do what I was wanting to do. So I just stayed at home and, uh, me and Scott went that evening and, uh, I probably wouldn't even seen the deer except for Scott text me and said, Hey, there, scrappy juniors on his way to you. And, yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, I looked up and, uh, here come this forkhorn. He got straight downwind for me. I thought, man, I'm, I'm busted. Mm-hmm. If he's like any of the does in the Tri-County, he's going to smell me and start blowing like a fool. Well, I just bought some of that Commons. Yeah, just like that. <laughs> yeah. I just got some of that calming spray that you put out. Mm-hmm. And so uh, as soon as I seen him and seen where he was, I gave about three squirts of that up in the air around me and gave myself a squirt or two. And he threw his head up in the air. And he smelled that, and then here he come, like he was on a string. He mm-hmm. come within five yards of me, underneath my stand, looking up at me. I mean, he knew where I was at. He just didn't know what I was. Yeah. And he stood there and smelled around, walked around, and piddle farted around, and finally he decided there wasn't no deer there, so he ambered on about his way. But 
That was the only thing I've seen. That was Sunday night. Yes. And then I had to go back to work Monday. And So it sounds like if you just sprayed this stuff out around where he was at, it probably would have been okay. As far as, I mean. Well, I was okay he, anyway. Yeah, but but, he wouldn't have looked at you. Well, he didn't know what I was. I was 30 foot up in the tree. Right. I know that because I was, took my climber and yeah. had 30 at foot the end rope. Of rope. Yeah, and I felt it pull, and I was like, oh, crap, that's high enough. Uh-huh. <laughs> a lot higher than I intended to be. Yeah. <laughs> you know. That, that bobcat I got a picture of there on the field edge. I got another. Like we were talking about before, we get about one a year, seems like. Yeah. And I finally got that picture, so. I was sitting there and it was it was getting dark. Decent sized cat. Yeah, it was getting dark, and I'm sitting there and I was looking, watching for deer along the standing corn, where the mutterings come out because I thought maybe a buck might follow them does out, and uh, for some reason I just caught something out of the corner of mine. I looked down, and I was like, "What the heck is that?" You know, it's just sneaking. Mm-hmm. And then I got to looking. First, I thought it's a fox, and I got to looking. No, it ain't got no tail. And I was like, well, that's a bobcat. So I was, it was too dark to shoot or anything like that. And I don't have a tag anyway. So, mm-hmm. you know, I was trying to get pictures of it, turn the flash on my phone. And I'm just taking random shots, hoping he's in frame. And I, I didn't get him. Yeah. Yep. The, I'm pretty sure that the trail camera did. I haven't been back. You there haven't checked check. it. Yet. I haven't been back there to check it yet. The, uh, your camera that you put. I took I took, I took my I took my camera from Hamilton County mm-hmm. because with gun season and everything else coming up and I'm done hunting down there anyways all the out of staters and people are hunting in public land mm-hmm. <clears throat> so I didn't take my camera down because I was afraid somebody would take it I took my camera down because I just I'm not going to hunt yeah, there till doesn't do you much good. Yep, I'm going to hunt around the house, so I wanted to see what was on the north end of the property, so I put my camera up back there. And like I said, I, I know I had a coyote, some deer, and some bobcat within two hours of after putting it up because I was sitting there right beside the camera. Yeah. So. Yep. Yeah, we got him on one, on the other camera for sure. I don't yeah. know if what night it was that I had him. I don't remember looking at the date, but definitely got him on there. Yeah, I haven't pulled my card. We, we may have him on the plot. On the plot camera, we'll have to see. Uh-huh. I'm if hoping we have a lot of things on the plot. Yeah, camera. me too. If <laughs> if uh, you're by there, you can pull that card tomorrow. I'm going to go there and well, I'm not going to hunt the plot in the morning. I'm going to way the wind's going to be, and they shelled the corn on the east side of the woods. I'm going. I can't hunt on the north end because it's going to be blowing my scent clear right, across right. that whole field. Tomorrow being Friday. I always got to remember that this is Thursday and this comes out Monday, so we need to clarify. Yeah, tomorrow being Friday, the temperature is supposed to start out at, what, 40 degrees, and then the temperature is supposed to drop all morning long. Pretty much drop, yeah, like all day, I think. Maybe 50 in the early morning shooting light or something like that. But Maybe. High 40s, yeah, something like that. I'm going to put an extra layer on anyway. So, Mm -hmm. But uh, if I hunt, if the wind was out of the northeast, I'd hunt on the north end of the woods ladder stand correct you but with them be right yeah i think i'd get away with it but yeah. out of the northwest i'm especially that uh shelled corn right there on the east side and i'm in the south no i'm in the northeast corner of the woods i don't think it's going to work out too well and i don't want to take that gamble so i'm going to go about middle of the woods set up i'm just going to sit in my chair and uh 
along the edge so I can shoot the edge out towards the cornfield, but also shoot one of the rare opening spaces in the timber. I'm hoping that, you know, if there's a buck in there. Hell, there's a lot of open spaces in the timber. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, the open spaces you can, sh- yeah. Yeah. Oh, open spaces oh, you can okay. shoot a deer in. There used to be a lot of nice white oaks in there. But, yeah. yeah, used to be. But anyways, <laughs> you know, it is what it is, but. Actually, I think the that temp, that woods holds the property or holds the deer a lot better on that property since we logged that out. Yeah, it definitely does. It, they weren't going to stay in there before no, being the, open. No, they come. And well, you could, you know, it's twenty acres is all it is, and you drive down the road, you can see all the way through. It's a lot longer and it is wide. Right. You know, it's not a square; it's a rectangle. Mm-hmm. And so, if you're driving. What she down, said. if you was was driving down the road on the west side of it you can see all the way through it well now you can't see no shit you can't see 10 foot inside of it in places well on the north edge you can because it's still got some big timber in there yeah but there ain't no woods on the or no road on the north end of the woods correct you know but along the west edge you can't see in there at all and so it's holding more deer since we, and that's been what five years ago, probably yeah, yeah, 2017. So yeah, mm-hmm. it's been five years ago, and it's uh, got new growth and briars and all the stuff that deer like, mm-hmm. plus all the treetops still, and so it's holding deer now where before it wouldn't. Yeah. Which I think is helping this time of year because now's the time that I think that probably we might start seeing some bucks come in there and check some does, you know. Oh, I'm sure of that. Yeah. That's uh, one of the reasons why I put the camera up there on that end of the woods too. Yep. You know, I got- thought about with this northwest wind hunting the plot maybe one morning or one evening sometime this weekend. but Boy, since the leaves are gone, you can sure see that stand. Yeah, I know it. Well, I sat in there on the first, the evening of the first, and – the sun was just blinding me because that persimmon tree in front, they don't hold their leaves very long at all. And when the sun was going down, sitting in that stand, you, I mean, it's tough looking right into the sun. Oh, but, over the food plot? Yeah. Yeah. Last time I was out by there, I, you could see that stand for. Yeah, you can see those bright green straps. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you can't see the food plot, though, still. No. Well, no. The corn's not, I mean, the switchgrass after the corn's what's helping there. Mm-hmm. Yep. I don't yeah. know what it looks like from the uh, the east now that the corn's gone uh, on the neighbors there. I haven't seen it in daylight. It's dark when I leave to go to work and dark when I come home. Yeah. Uh, the the corn was holding good till we got them hurricane winds last weekend. It kind of blew some of the tops out of the corn, but. Well, when I went and checked the cameras, it still looked, ours still looked decent. So, yeah. I mean, it was enough. I just don't know if, how much of that foxtail and stuff that he knocked down when he was shelling corn. I don't know. I'll be able to tell you tomorrow. Later down. Yeah. But, I think it'll be a good, potentially it could be a good sit. Cause like I said, this right now with the, the does that we're holding in there, there ought to be some coming in or in and the bucks are going to be, they know they're in there. So they thinking about coming through and checking that. Yep. Might run into one. Potentially. 
Yeah, it's just like anything else. You got to be there at the right place at the right time. You know. Yeah, not like me today. I had the Was first. Was you not there? I had my first daylight shooters on camera. I had three shooters. This is not at your place, but three shooters. Make sure you clarify that. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> one at 845, the other one right after him at 845. They come in one behind another, and then one at 1208. First midday picture I've got this year, of especially of a buck. All three of them deer that I would shoot, and wasn't there. I've Which, always heard that, uh, of course, we've been going through the full moon phase here. Yeah. And, I mean, well, Sunday night when we got down, we could have sat up there all night long, yeah. I think, and shot yeah, a deer. Because yeah, I put my stand and put my climber together without a flashlight. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was casting a shadow in yeah, the woods. Yeah, right, right you know. And so, uh, but I always heard that during the full moon phase that when the moon is directly under you is the best time to hunt. Mm-hmm. Which would Dusty be, was talking about that last week. Which would be noon, you know, mm-hmm. and I think that falls back to the part of the eleven o'clock to one o'clock hours. Yeah. You know, a lot of guys do. Some well, it was rising about six, seven o'clock. Well, no, I take that back. Like five o'clock probably, because mm-hmm. when I was in the stand of the evening, it would you know, I could see it coming up. You know, but yeah, it's probably I guess right underneath of us there midday today probably. Yeah. yeah. So. That could explain some of it for yep. sure. And it's uh, that time of year. I talked today on the Full Draw Friday episode about this lockdown that's coming up within the next five or six days. Before we do the next podcast, yep. they'll have hit lockdown, and that's when you got to hunt. If you're Like, there's two ways to do it is what I talked about. it. You can either put your timing in the stand and just sit all day and hope you catch him going from doe to doe, or you can do the whole opposite and just be mobile and get out in the truck and do some glassing and see if you can find one in an open field or a fence row lockdown, do some rattling like what we talked about before with going to a spot and rattling and moving on and that, or doing some still hunting maybe. But either way, this is a time of year where you kind of got to be out there about all day. You know, it's not where traditionally you're out there for the first three hours and the last three hours. Yeah. Not to say you can't get it done that way, but you're going to up your odds if you're out there in the middle of the day. It seems right. like a lot of deer get, a lot of big deer get killed every day or every year around this time from 10 to two o'clock, mm-hmm. you know, and I was talking to Dusty's old man about that last, uh, this past week Yeah, he was in the shop and he was talking about how he's, uh, likes that midday time frame this time of year too. We're talking about how many big deer get killed every year. From 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. The biggest deer I killed was at 1.30 on Thanksgiving Day. Yep. Yeah. And it's that way from probably end of the second week of November on through the third week, probably. You can kill Pretty much like guaranteed that. at 1.30 on Thanksgiving Day. I'm full, fat, and asleep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, well, yeah. But I wasn't. Oh. <laughs> and so I, I uh, waited till I don't even know what time I went out there, 11 o'clock. That's where I was hunting the bottoms on the river, and uh, even where I was <clears throat> riding a four wheeler across the field, you know, I seen deer moving around and stuff, and I thought, man, this is this ain't gonna be good. But I thought it could be good, you know, so I went ahead and climbed up in my stand. I wasn't there a couple hours, and my target buck that I had multiple pictures of. Then he disappeared, and he just happened to show up there at one thirty, mm-hmm. and so I, I was glad I was there at that time, you know, because it all worked out. Yeah, yeah, that was Hightower, right? Mm-hmm. What you had named that deer? Yeah, I think he's the one in the picture of the for the uh, podcast. Yeah, he is. 
Yep. Yep. That's the one in the podcast yep. picture. So, yep. I hunted that deer hard for two weeks and actually a little bit longer than that, but I mean, really hard, you know, where I was sitting out there all day, every day that I was on vacation. And mm-hmm. It all come together eventually, but man, I had to put time in. It was a lot of disappointments. Yep. So, uh, well, how did you, Jeff's getting his Bible verse. Yep. How you went and saw a few deer too that I did. evening? You and Jeff I went. Did. I did. I didn't see any shooters, uh, but I seen some activity, so that was it. Was worth it. I could have shot, chose not to. Um, sent little scrappy junior Jeff's way. Oh, I didn't send him that way. He went that way. I gave Jeff fair warning he was coming. I got a picture of a deer that I was, we were trying to decide was scrappy or not. It looked like he had a, there's one you guys call scrappy, the one that looks like he might have another main beam on his right side. Mm-hmm. It's either that or a, he's got a point and a main beam or something. Good he's all on. jacked up on that one side. We can't, yeah. we I got him really there. had good enough pictures or video to decide what he is. I don't know if I saved that one or not, but I got a picture of him there in the middle of the woods. Yep. So. I figured that was probably that one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm curious to see what's going to be on the food plot camera. Man, I walked, when I, I stepped in the first couple of rows of our corn mm-hmm. and looked in there, and we got some, that stand of Grandpa Ray stuff is, it looks good. It's all Grandpa Ray's. What are you talking about? Well, our the clover's our stuff. Oh. The Ridge Hunter the, stuff. I thought the clover was Grandpa Ray's, too. No, that's the Ridge Hunter stuff. My bad. Yeah, well, that's me, the six one half a dozen either. Yeah. But no, that Grandpa Ray's the fall blend, the... And the oats and all that. It looks good. Yeah. I mean, we got, there's radishes in there that are sticking out of the ground six, eight inches. Yep. I mean, and it looked like they'd been starting to nip the tops of them. So, and they, I, I really expect after we get this hard frost that that'll, cause we've only had like one frost, maybe two. We're going to get them this weekend. Yeah. I look for them to start, and it's going to be hard on that clover too. So, yeah, I look for them to start hitting that stuff pretty hard too. I'm, I'm curious to see what's on that card right now. Yeah, especially with just the potential of some bucks cruising through there. Yeah, I'll, uh, tomorrow whether I do any good or not, I'll walk by there and I'll pull that card out and bring it up here and we'll check it out and see what's going on. I'm hoping there's a something on there. Excuse me. I'm hoping so too. We hadn't had nothing for a while. No, but I mean we've got some pretty good uh, reconnaissance intel. And pretty good intel. Yeah. Well, we got four cameras around the property now. <laughs> there ain't nothing four cameras get, on 20 acres. There, there, ain't, there ain't nothing getting out of there. I got one on have. the only edge that doesn't have a road on it, on yeah. the north end, in the middle of it, and on the south end. So yeah. if they're coming in and out of there, we ought to know. Yeah. So. <laughs> I didn't have any shooters on the on the other cameras. I did have one cool picture of, like, was there six does in that one picture? Yeah, uh, at least five, maybe six. Yeah. So that was at least a cool picture, I thought. And it, I was in, it was interesting to me, and it's partially because it's been so warm. But we did have that little cold snap that killed a lot of the leaves. Mm-hmm. So the leaves are all falling, but shoot, it's still been sixty-five, seventy degrees. Our food plot in the woods has actually got enough sunlight after the leaves come off the trees to that's, come up. So start growing. Yeah. Did you get the video I sent? Could you see it at all? Yeah, I could, well, I could tell that it was green. Yeah, I mean that some of that triticle and some of the uh, the kale in that 
uh, Grandpa Rayblin that I put out there is coming up pretty good. I mean, it's not full like it would have been had it had enough sunlight all year right. or all fall, but it's definitely enough that I think they're probably eating on it. Yeah. Which is probably what those does were doing in the middle of that. And it's had a little bit of rain. I give it a little bit of yeah, boost that, too. Yeah. That's just like down there at Hamilton County the last time I was down there and I looked at that food plot. Well, it was a lot greener and what I'd sold, I guess it was probably it already sprouted, but it was just kind of mm-hmm. laying there waiting for something to happen. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that I don't get enough sunlight. It probably does, but it's getting more sunlight now. Yeah, that plus, right there gets probably gets plenty. But and plus, yeah. it had a couple of douses of rain, and man, last time I was there, it really shot up. And the last videos that we got off of that, you could see the deer out there eating on it. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because you plant something in the fall and <laughs> it's not doing what you think it should do just give it some time and be patient and let things come together and mm-hmm. you know until you get really hard freezes that that's just kills everything you know it, give it a chance it's, it may produce for you mm-hmm. yeah those cabin plots are the same way of course i planted those on boy it was late it was october well into october middle of october and they're starting to now they've got some rain because mm-hmm. had i planted them i could have planted them a month earlier than that, maybe a month and a half, and they still wouldn't have done any better because we didn't have any rain. Right. But I put them in there there in mid-October, and now they're starting to get some of that, uh, some of the wheat and the rye, winter rye is coming up, and the brassicas are starting to come up too now. And they're definitely eating on it by looking at the cameras. You can tell they're in there eating on it. And one of them is not as good as the other, and I think it's because they're eating it a little more, the browse pressure. And the turkeys have been just really hard on it, but. That group of eight that's there, I've seen them roost twice now, once on the north end and then once on the south end right there south of the food plot. So when I told you guys I saw the the turkey try to fight the spike, they went around and messed around just right south of the plot in that little patch of timber. And then as it got dark, they all went up and roosted uh, there right before it got dark, just right south of the plot on us. Good. So... They're staying there. I'm hoping this spring we'll have some gobblers in there after them. I might try to get pull a Jefferson County tag for one season and a Wayne County tag. Maybe I'll kill a couple. But I think it'd be cool to have them on there anyway. Yeah, it's just cool to have them right now. Well, don't buy an archery tag. I already did. Um, oh, you ain't gonna Which is that. why I haven't seen any hint, uh, toms, probably. <coughs> yep. And it's all my hands. Know, last year I was beat to death by tom turkeys and i didn't have a tag now this year i can't find one to save my life mm-hmm. that's how it goes seems like yep well we can have a tag burning party then yeah yeah you know next year if i win a bobcat tag i guarantee you <laughs> i won't see a bobcat but i'll have one climb the tree up in the stand with me this <laughs> year yeah <laughs> i know plenty it of guys self-defense <laughs> <laughs> well yeah, okay. you're your boss is probably one of them, but I know several guys that could call you in a bobcat. <laughs> I know a couple guys that say they can call one in any time they want to. They just, one of them, I know, none of his buddies got a tag. I put in a tag because he reminded me to do it. Didn't get one. And there was one other guy. No, uh, maybe not. I can't remember if Nate put in for one or not. I don't think he ended up doing it. But uh, Chris's boy got drawn for one, I saw. But he's the only one. One person that I know of that actually got drawn for a bobcat tag. My boss got drawn for one, and so there's two. But yeah, but bobcat season doesn't start till November tenth. Right. Yeah. And 
Which you'll, which is in now. Yeah. Just today. Yeah. But Sunday, well, well Thursday, Sar- Saturday Thursday. night it wasn't, you know. <laughs> and so it's a good thing I didn't. Thanks, uh, Siri. <laughs> good thing I didn't shoot that bobcat, even if I did have a tag, because it wouldn't have been in season. But. Well, well, had yeah. you had a tag, you would have known what the season That was. is true, mm-hmm. since I'm not a big cat hunter. Are they considered a big cat? I'd say they're a small cat. Well, it's a lot bigger they're than medium house sized. cats running around. They're a medium-sized cat. They're big enough that my Man, wife... there's a lot of those freaking house cats, too. Yeah. I get pictures of them all the time. I see them from the stand. About half the time I go in and sit in the stand, I'll see a, a cat. Take like your house rifle cat. with you. You know, I could. No one for the big buck contest, and he's broke in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lay him to waste. And probably take care of him. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I, I do think... Well, I... I know for a fact that uh, night hunting for coyotes has come in because my boss, he went out last night and shot one. It's like November 5th or something, isn't it? Yeah, he shot, he put a 204 in a coyote's head last night at 2 o'clock in the morning, so. Yeah. So the, what time does he come to work? He's on vacation. Oh, okay. He's hunting, I mean, he is hunting 24 hours a day. He was he was parked at work deer hunting across the lot <laughs> yeah. this morning. Yeah. I guess rubbing it in that he was on vacation uh-huh. the rest of us having to work. But The day that I saw Spencer, who I think could probably go Boone and Crockett after seeing him in person, if he wasn't all busted up, which, again, I, I know a guy who, well, I know a lady who could fix those. But the day I saw him and he got my wind, which was the day you guys went hunting, I think, I saw I had two coyotes come in, and they come in the only strip, like the whole, all the way to 50 yards out that I couldn't shoot. And they came in around behind me, and the one of them was probably 10 yards behind me, but I couldn't move to turn around and shoot him, or I would have. I'd have shot one of them, but they just come in and turned around and went right back out, and I never did get to shoot at them, but I did see a couple in there. Yeah, I see them pretty regular up there on what I've been calling, referring to as the North Farm, so... I did see a couple of them. That morning was the best hunt I've had. I saw, so those those coyotes come in. I had a little, I can't remember if that was before or after. I had a little fork horn or five point come in, and he was down in the little pond there. And then I saw a nice buck. I couldn't tell exactly what he was, but he was a decent buck that went, oh, 60, 70 yards in front of me. And his antler, I saw his antlers shining in the sun. He was a bigger body deer. I thought, oh, he's pretty good. So I grunted at him a couple of times. Well, here come that stupid little five-pointer up out of the pond to about 20 yards. And I turn around behind me, and there's does downwind of me that had snuck up and got there. I didn't know they were there. They blew at me and turned around and trotted off. Well, you should have been using your common spray. I, I know what. The deer in front of me, well, I got on that, a funny note on that in a second. The deer in front of me, that the bigger one, made it out to the cornfield, and then he worked his way down the edge. And I decided he wasn't a shooter. He was a three-and-a-half-year-old that I've got pictures of. Real tight, racked eight-pointer. So I put the bow down and picked up the camera and got a little bit of him, but not very good. Anyway, he run off. He never did smell me. He got downwind of me, but he was way too concerned with what those does were doing. And then he trotted off. Well, that little buck come up to about 10 yards, and then he turned and ran right beside me. He turned and ran, like, right underneath the tree. So I got a little bit of video of him. And then he took off, and I didn't see anything again for a little bit. So I'm sitting there, and the deer shouldn't have came where they came from, those does, and then the 
Spencer. But I turned around and was just kind of looking in the cornfield just to make sure, and I saw a big body. Well, his antlers were behind a tree, so I pulled the binoculars up. Sure enough, it was him, and I had caught him right before he hit my scent, like that invisible wall that they hit. Scent line. Uh Uh-huh. And I got the camera up on him and started looking at him, and he got me and turned and blew and kind of trotted off. So it wasn't like he was totally busted. I thought, well, there's some hope he'll still be around, but, man, I don't know. He's he's in a a four-and-a-half-year-old deer, big so he's, you know, he's been around. He knows you're there now. So he trotted off with the does that he was with. And then the next morning, though, I got his picture at 545, which was 10 minutes before, no, 15 minutes before shooting light, give or take a minute or two, and about 10 minutes before I got there. So I didn't mess him up too bad. He was in there almost, like if he'd have been there 15 minutes later, I'd have killed him. Right. But... Anyway, that's just, that was the best morning that I'd had so far. After that, I hadn't seen many deer, but it was kind of interesting to me that he smelled me, but he didn't see anything, and he didn't have anything else to go on. And even though he smelled that, he still was, he's still in the area, and he still came back through there. So I think if he gets me again, it's probably over. Mm-hmm. But they're also kind of partially, I think, used to the farmers and their smell and all that stuff. So I think that probably had something to do with it. But anyway, that was the best morning that I'd had so far. So what was the interesting story about the calming spray? So when he came out, when Spencer got downwind of me, and he was about to, well, before he got downwind of me, he was going to hit my wind. I turned around and looked in my pack for my tarsal spray. Mm -hmm. Well, I didn't have it in the big zipper. I had it in the little zipper in front. And I turned around, and you could hear me on the camera, which I cut it out of the vlog. But I said, man, where's that scent? Oh, (laughs) <laughs> I couldn't find it. <laughs> I couldn't find it because I was going to try to just shoot something. Because I've done it before where if they're outside of like 50, 60 yards, mm-hmm. if I'll spray that stuff, then it'll float out there. And then almost like they catch me and then they catch the whiff of that, whatever that deer is. Mm-hmm. It's almost like they don't really know what's going on. So even if they do turn around and run off, they haven't blown. But I've had them do that before where they just kind of stand there and look for a minute and then they go on their merry way. Yep. So that's what I was going to do, but I couldn't find the stuff. It was in that front zipper pocket, and I couldn't get it out. But I don't know that it made a difference. He was about, he was right under 100 yards when he when he stopped. So you used so, the tarsal or the carving? I would have used the tarsal spray. That's what I had. But either one, I think, would probably have the same effect. The tarsal spray is just a little bit stronger, so I think maybe you get I don't know that calming spray. That first squirt I put on there, I was like, holy crap. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's <laughs> that stuff is strong. <laughs> it's a little bit different smell to them. Is why I should say different because that uh, the it didn't bother that little forkhorn at all. I mean, as soon as he smelled well, that, he wasn't exactly a genius. No, but I mean, a deer is a deer. You know, they're that's true. They're, they're instinct. They have instincts. Yeah, and as soon as he smelled that, boy, he threw his head up. And like I said, he just come straight to me on a string. You couldn't have drawn a straighter line. And it was straight downwind to me, and I was like, well, I'm not going to shoot him. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to video him and see what happens. And, well, you, you seen the video that yep. I post on Facebook. He just, he'd look up at me and wag his tail and, you know, go on, smell around, walk around. and It's like he was looking for a deer, but he just couldn't find it. Mm-hmm. And so finally he just gave me one more glance, wagged his tail, and, 
walked off. Yep. And before the last time I hunted there in the blind at the cabin, I sprayed some of the calming spray out in front of it because I left the windows open the last time. They've been open for like a little, uh, about a week. Hey, squirrels or coons in there? Now, they weren't in there when I climbed in. See? I did check first. But the I sprayed some calming scent out there because of that, because they were a little bit spooky. I thought, well, we'll see if this calms them down and like it's supposed to. And then I sprayed the doe scent out there too. So I'm curious to see on the camera if they go smell both spots or how they act now that I sprayed that stuff out there. Because I didn't have seen any deer that night. They right. were There was a couple of does in the food plot 65 yards away, but I didn't end up seeing any that night. So I'll be curious to pull the card on that camera and see how they reacted to it. That'll be kind of, and I ain't got a ca- I ain't got a camera where my climber is, but mm-hmm. you know I told you the other night I was gonna leave my climber there, and so wherever I clumbed down, I just took that calming spray and I sprayed it on that climber and tried to eliminate any human scent because it's right there. Yeah, and I don't know that makes a difference because the morning before that or the evening before that. Mm-hmm. You no, know, I told you I walked in there to my climber, and there was four does bedded within five yards, five or ten yards of my climber. Yeah. You know, yeah. And I jumped them up, and they didn't really spook. And of course, I was on the downwind side of them, but uh, they just kind of got up and moved out of my way. Mm-hmm. You know, and I let them go about their business, and I climb my tree. And then before dark, well, a couple of them come back out you know, and walked in front of me, so. I think that's probably a lot like the cameras. Like, you got some human scent on them, but they'll come up and check them out and then realize that <laughs> it's nothing to be scared of. We've seen that, haven't we? Yeah. 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 I got that. some like that, too, yeah. uh, recently where they're just right, anybody, right up on Anybody that runs cameras has pictures. Yeah, one of them, I came by, and I had it on a water hole, and I set the camera straight with the tree, and then when we went to check the card, it was cockeyed. Well, the only picture I had on there was this little buck that had come up and nudged that thing around with his nose and put yeah. the camera cockeyed. So the pictures I did have after that were like this, yeah. <laughs> sideways, from where he'd messed with it. But, yeah. Well, I had a video of probably, what, a two-and-a-half-year-old buck, and he hit the camera with his horn. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, That's basically around. what, yeah. What yeah, this doe did. fogged the lens up on that one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That one doe, we could count her eyelashes, yeah. you know. Yeah, <laughs> so. right. Yeah, I think that's probably the same thing with the climber. They kind of, they'll probably, they probably did come up and check it out, and then we're like, yeah, it's nothing. Yeah. Now, if you have, say, your backpack at the bottom of your tree while you're hunting, and they come smell that thing, they probably look up, and then right. when they see you with the smell, then it's over. Yeah. But if they don't, a lot of times it seems like if they don't put at least two together, like if they hear you and they smell you, or they see you and they smell you, see you, hear you, if they put two of those three together. Yeah. Seems like it's over with. If it's just one of them, a lot of times, even if it might like smelling, for example, or seeing, it might ruin it for that hunt, but they may be okay with coming back. And I think they rely more on their nose than they do their sense of smell than they do their eyesight or their. Yeah, their well, their eyesight's not that great. Yeah. I'm well at distance. Now, what's good about their eyesight is they basically see in slow motion and they're focused mm-hmm. on everything around them. Mm-hmm. So, like, they're not just focused on one point like we are. They can see everything in focus. But they're, I think I saw something the other day where they're, like, 2060 is uh, their eyesight or whatever. So, they're three times worse than ours. 
or something like that. So when they're standing there looking at you and you're like in a stare down with them mm-hmm. and it looks like they're trying to figure out what you are, it's because they are trying to figure out what you mm-hmm. are because you're blurry to them. But yeah, I think, and uh, their nose isn't necessarily their, there for defense. It's more for like sniffing out food and whatnot, but it's so ultra sensitive that it's just kind of like, like if they smell something they don't like, yeah, they're, they're out of there. I think you're right though. I think if you have a deer come down one of you and he smells you, you got a lot worse chance of him, of still shooting him either in that set or even after that than if he sees you. Unless it's he smells you and he sees you, or maybe he hears something he doesn't like and sees you. You know, yeah. Had, I saw a video recently of a guy. He runs a bunch of those horizontal scrapes or rubs, which mm. people have their own opinions about those. I have no opinion on them. He seems to have a lot of luck with it. Anyway, he had this buck on a horizontal rub. He shot and missed him. The deer looked right up at him as he was, because he went to grab another arrow. And I guess the buck saw him moving. So he looks right up at him. And then he still had time. I mean, the buck, he never did spook off. He just kind of looked up at him and realized it wasn't right. He trotted off a little bit. And then he stopped and was walking. And the guy still got drawn back on him a second time. Didn't get a shot. But if they see you, as long as you're not up there doing jumping jacks or something, mm-hmm. you know, if you just try to stay still. Well, and especially with the introduction of turkeys back where we're at now, you know, they look up there and see the big blob. They might, as long as they can't smell you, you know, to really identify you, they might think of you as just a turkey. And I'm I'm saying this to lead in up to this. I know some guys that I've talked to that hunt, and they swear by this. Whenever they walk into the woods, they have a mouth, a turkey mouth call. Mm-hmm. And they'll use that mouth call as they're walking in because you know what a turkey sounds like walking through the woods. Yep. You know, it's on two legs just like we are. Yep. You know, and so they make a lot of noise. You can hear them coming. Well, them guys will use that mouth call to try to calm deer down and make them think that, you know, well, this is a turkey. Mm-hmm. And kind of relax them a little bit so maybe they can slip by. Yep. I've wanted to try that. I'm not good at any kind of a mouth call, so right. <laughs> you know, but I I think that you know I think they're on to something. And yeah, I think that's probably yeah. Like I know guys that do. Well, they talk about it's a whole different thing, but like elk hunters will take their mouth calls for their uh, cow elk, mm-hmm. and they'll make like as much noise as possible because they want to sound like a herd of elk, and right. then they'll just. Mm-hmm mew or whatever they call it as they're going through there yeah. and turkey hunters will do the same thing if they're walking they'll use it it mm-hmm. makes sense that if a deer hears something walking obviously it doesn't realize that it's a person it just sounds like something walking in the woods mm-hmm. if you got a turkey call maybe they just ride it off instead of coming and checking it out right and then or just or it doesn't pique their interest yeah. yeah yeah so i think you probably they probably are onto something there yeah. so i gotta practice a little more with the mouth call too okay I'm not real good. Nate's pretty good at it. I'm not a turkey hunter, so I mean, I, I just killed my first one last year, so I am not either. Yeah, I, and that was mostly because Nate was there calling them for me. Yeah. So I enjoyed it. It was a lot of fun. I've been a few times, but just never really was something I wanted to get into. But this was a, it was cold, so it wasn't like it was a hot spring day, and the right. bugs weren't bothering us and that stuff. So and turkey mites eating you. Yeah, right. Yeah, it was. So. I enjoyed it. I'll probably do it again this year. But anyway, 
Yeah. I think you're probably on something with the turkey calling. Can't hurt anything. I heard the, so the same evening that I saw them roost up there, they were coming in behind me. And of course there's eight of them. And there was a deer mixed in there apparently because this little ignorant spike thinks he's a turkey, I guess, running around with them. And I heard them all running around back there and I thought, oh man, there's deer chasing. This isn't what it sounded like. But then, sure enough, here comes one, two, three, four, five, six turkeys. And I'm looking at them coming out, coming out. And I'm getting my camera and kind of messing around. And I turn and look at it. Well, that's not a turkey. He's just right there. He's like the fifth in line of eight turkeys, you know. Like, he's just hanging out with them. But, anyway, that's all on the vlog. So, if anybody listening wants to go check that out, we do have, me and Nate have, I've got a few videos up. Nate's got one video up. He had some cool footage of a, a young buck. I don't know if you watched that or not. But he had a young three-and-a-half-year-old buck come in. Pretty nice deer, 120 probably. Pushed to know some does around in his food plot there in the sprout patch that was a pretty cool video that he had up but we're doing some season vlogs so you can keep up with that on the youtube channel and then i keep trying to get jeff to do one but the last time the we had some technical difficulties yeah and i really put a lot of effort into that too i could tell i did i, I mean tell. from the time i left the truck i explained what i was doing where i was going all the way up to the kill and we just got to work on the audio capture and the angles hey i am not a professional I don't claim to be either. At anything. <laughs> I don't <laughs> so, claim to be either. I think that's probably as good a place as any to shut her down for the evening. Well, uh, hopefully. What about the shop? What's going on here? Yeah. I'm about Because about our shop we went there. hunting Sunday night and just seen those few. And then Monday morning, you blew my phone up, showing me pictures. Oh, the rut's on. I'm like, of course, you know, day late and a dollar short story of my life. Well, the. What? I forget what day it was that I didn't go. All of them? No. Oh. Uh, no, I did go, and I didn't see any deer. It's November 7th, because that's the day that's like, you know, that's one of the best days, I, th I think. 7th through the 11th is, personally, my opinion, one of the best days. But anyway, it was the 7th. I remember that. That was Monday. Was that Monday? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So that was the day that, like, the first six deer that I saw oh, hanging on yeah, the rail were like all shooters. I caped Except minus, came in Monday. minus one of them that had a broken main beam that would have been a shooter otherwise, obviously was to that guy. Nothing wrong with the deer. He just had broke his whole main all, beam on the right mature, side. All mature. Oh, yeah. Four and a half plus, yeah. 160s plus. A couple of them, yeah. They're just smoking them right now. One of them was right one, 175 and some change. Another one of them was 162 and some change. I'm I, telling you, yeah, yeah they're smoking them. They're yep. still smoking them. Mm -hmm. Yep. So, it's, and with this weather change, they're going to smoke more of them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's going to get hot this weekend. Well, it'll be last weekend. Yeah. This, yeah. Whatever. This past weekend, it got hot. Hopefully, yeah. like I was going to say when we was winding down here. Hopefully, next podcast we'll have a buck to talk about from either me or you or Nate or somebody. I have one on the ground this weekend. Yeah, I don't this have past a lot. Weekend. I don't have a lot of faith in myself. It's just you know, <laughs> you hey, you don't have to be good this time of year. That's right. You, you just, just got to be, be there at the right there. time. Yeah, you do have to be yep. out. There. Yeah, be out there. You just got to be there at the right time. And so I'm hoping mornings will pay out for me. I go hunt tomorrow morning, which is Friday. Hunt till probably eight thirty nine o'clock. It kind of seems to be where they calm down just a little bit. 
Then I'll come up here and probably work at the shop the rest of the day. Saturday, I got to go back to work, work that day and fill in for a guy, and then I'll have Sunday and Monday. So I'm hoping mm-hmm. sometime in those three days of the mornings, maybe I can cash in on something. Yep. I got a hot dough apparently at the cabin right now. So the plan is Friday, tomorrow, tonight's tomorrow, Friday, I'm going to sit as long as I can stand it or until I shoot one, which is hopefully about, you know, 6.30. But if it's 8.45 or noon, I'm going to try to hunt. If I have to hunt all day tomorrow, I might just hunt all day there tomorrow because I know there's a hot doe in there, and they were running in it, and um, there's bound to be one of them left in there. So we'll see. Hopefully, like I said, when this by the time this comes out, we'll have a buck on the ground. Yeah. Well, it's time to get aggressive. I mean, you, I mean, all cards are on the table right now. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. Shotgun seasons next weekend. That's the I mean, big thing. Cause so like, that's putting a lot of pressure on bow hunters, you know, to yeah. get it done before shotgun season comes up. And There's a lot of guys getting it done. There pressure is. Or not, they're getting it done right yep. now. There's and some, but the they're out there. There's a lot of guys taking their vacation right yep. now. There's some states that don't have a gun season, like, through November. You can bow hunt all November. Like, I think Iowa's one, where it's bow season all through November. Missouri's got rifle season comes in like the week before our shotgun season, I think. But like you said, that's the big wild card in it all is as we get closer to gun season, if you know you're going to have a lot of gun pressure, you might want to get a little more aggressive. If you're in a spot where you know they're not going to get a lot of pressure or you have enough ground, you can still hunt smart. And not that being aggressive is not smart, but you can uh, you can still hunt smart and be aggressive, but if you have the ground and the deer are not going to get that pressure, you don't necessarily have to go in and do something that's higher risk. But like where we're at a lot of places, it's we all wanna, high risk. Yeah, if we want to get them killed, we're going to have to take a little bit more risk because if we don't do it, it's likely that they're going to get mm-hmm. either pushed away or shot during shotgun weekends. I mean, so. I still try to play the wind. Well, yeah. Uh, I mean, you're not just going to go in there stupid. But you might go in there. Well, I'm stupid. Eh? Yeah. Well, got, got to do it anyway. Yeah, that's right. You're not going <laughs> to. So, you might just yeah. be going in a little farther, a little deeper. Or something. I'm going to go in a little bit deeper, a little bit tighter to the bedding areas and stuff and try to yeah, do something there and see if I can't pull something together. I mean. Don't look at me. I'm I'm leaving that alone. Yeah, I'm, I'm going. Yeah, you should. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. Uh, <laughs> yeah goodness gracious anyways <laughs> yeah i i just i went off the rail there. yeah I we're gonna shut it down yep, before we get too far we should because i'm at a girl i'm done <laughs> you heard us talk about it a lot and they're the plot at jeff's the grandpa ray outdoors seed that we got i'm i'm thoroughly impressed with what's there at your place and everything we've put on client properties, I've been pretty impressed with, too. Even uh, the dry year we had, we caught the right rain there at your place. There are some places where I planted it where they didn't get any rain till later and still seems to be coming up as good as you could expect for as dry as it's been. But they are, uh, they were started in 2015, Crapper Outdoors was, but John O'Brien's been in the nutrition business since 91. They've got over 14 different food plot blends to choose from. So whether you're looking for grains, switchgrass, liquid fertilizer, uh, spring blends, fall blends, you're not going to have trouble looking finding what you're looking for. They've got 
they're not just about selling their products, though. They'll answer any questions you got about what blends would be best for your specific property. That way you can get the best results possible. John doesn't believe in a cookie-cutter approach to wildlife nutrition. And they'll treat you and your situation individually. They aren't about a fancy label or package. They're about good quality seed and taking care of their clients. Like Again, we've used their seed a lot. Been pretty impressed with it. Really like what we've been seeing from it. Uh, Nate's sprout patch plot has been getting hit hard. It looks really good. Both of his plots look good. Your plot there at the house looks good. That's the Southern Jubilee blend. Nate's got Inner Sanctum and Fall Draw in. And I've got some greens and greens there at the cabin. They're starting to look pretty good. So anything that I've planted from them has been has been quality stuff. So if you guys want to support us and get yourself some good food plot seed, go to GrandpaRayOutdoors.com and use discount code RHOPODCAST, no caps, no space, to get... 5% off your entire order. So that's one way you can support. Another way, if you're in a state where you can do it, and more specifically a state and a county where you can do it, because like Missouri, for example, there's some counties where you can't use supplements either. Check out Rack's Big Game Supplements. They're a veteran-owned company out of northeast Nebraska, and they're just, deer, hunter, they are deer hunters just like us. They were looking to get more out of the mineral and feed market than existed at the time. So through years of research, they developed their Rax products and came up with one of, in my opinion, the best mixes available to improve your herd's overall health. They've got minerals, protein blocks, pelletized feed, and meal feed, all specifically designed for whitetails. Rod's been using it over in Missouri. We got some pictures there at some other places in Missouri where the deer just hammered that the mineral stuff that was put out earlier in the fall and the summer and on those the protein blocks as well. Um, everything over there in Missouri has been doing doing really good as far as the camera pictures go. we got some good bucks on it. we got a lot of does and fawns, which is really what you want on that the mineral sites. So if you guys want to use that stuff, go to RaxMineral.com. That's R-A-K-S-Mineral.com and use discount code RHO22, capital RHO22 at checkout to get 5% off your entire order. You can also stop in the shop and see what we got in stock or make an order for what we don't. Same way with Grandpa Ray's. You can get anything we got in the shop or make an order. If we don't have something, save yourself some money on shipping. You can also go to RidgeHunterOutdoors.com, which is our website. And if you want to get something there, whether it's the calming spray that we talked about tonight, the buck doe tarsal spray, the food plot seed, any of our apparel, anything like that, merchandise, you can use discount code RHOPOD. That's all capitals, and you'll get 10% off anything on the whole website. So save yourself some money. Support the podcast hey, while you're seen at on it. Facebook where uh, the big buck leader mm-hmm. in your contest was using doe tarsal. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, she's pretty excited about that. Yeah, we. that's something I should uh, update everybody on. The We did have a change in the leaderboard for the big buck contest. Aaron Dahmer shot a 150-plus. Uh, I don't remember exactly the inches right now. I didn't have it pulled up because... Well, I'm ill-prepared. That goes back to that unprofessional thing that we talked about. But she's the new leader in the big buck contest. And like you said, they were using some of doe tarsal spray at the time. She said she sprayed that stuff out there, and they just came out of no- everywhere. They had She had bucks in there on her all night, she said. so. On the Ridge Hunter Outdoors website, there's a tab for the big buck contest where you can go check out all of that stuff. And the trophy room as well. If you guys want to see some of the bucks that have been killed with uh, the Ridge Hunter products, you can go check those on the website. Another cool thing we're doing is we're doing a giveaway for our Apple Podcast reviews. So when we get to 25 reviews, everybody who's submitted one, 
on Apple Podcasts, whether it's five stars or one star, will be entered to win a Wild Game Innovations Spark Trail Camera, Spark 2.0 Trail Camera Combination Pack. So it'll be the trail camera, it'll be all the batteries that you need, and the SD card. So take it out of the pack, put it together, you'll be ready to go. All you got to do to enter that is go to the Ridge Hunter Outdoors page on Apple Podcasts, leave us a review. Like I said, it doesn't have to be good, five stars, one star, whatever, and you'll be entered as soon as we hit 25 reviews. We'll make an announcement on the podcast and on our Facebook page, and we'll get a hold of the winner. We'll we'll draw somebody randomly from the review pool, and you'll win that Spark Trail Camera from Wild Game Innovations. So get on there and leave us a review. That really helps us out uh, as far as support goes. Same thing on Spotify. If you guys give us a follow, that'll help us out. And then on YouTube, the Full Draw Friday episodes are now up on YouTube. These are, of course, always on YouTube. We're going to do video again at some point. Not yet, but nonetheless, these these podcasts are still on YouTube. We've got our vlogs that are going up now. Um, about every day that I'm out there, I'm trying to put something up. Uh, same way with Nate. As long as he sends me the videos, as soon as he gets them to me, it's usually within a day or two of when they're, we're out, you'll have a video go up so you guys can kind of keep up with not only maybe what's going on with us, but what's going on, what we're seeing in the woods. So maybe if you're not able to get out, at least you'll have an idea uh, of what's going on out there. And then... We've also got other videos going up all the time, too. So check that out on the YouTube channel. You can subscribe, like, and comment. Again, any of the likes and comments on the videos, this video will help us out as far as support goes. That all goes uh, into the YouTube algorithm. So we'll get more views from that. So you guys also make sure and share it on Facebook with all your friends if you like what we're doing here. Um, and you're what learning if we something. don't have any friends? Well, share it with yourself. Some, you know, some, yeah. I share a lot of things myself. Yeah, there you go. So, those are all ways you guys can support. Again, thanks for listening. Really appreciate you guys tuning in. That's Jeff's intro. (laughs) That's not the right one. We might as well. Well, You messed that all up. Might as well go ahead and play it now. Yeah, my My name is. My name is. My name is Jeff. (laughs) That's Jeff's new intro that we're going to use at some point. But what I meant to hit is the Ridge Hunter Outdoors outro. So, again, unprofessional. But hopefully that's what you guys are, like, listening to. Nonetheless. (laughs) Yeah, so. Thanks for listening, guys. We'll catch you again next Monday. Hopefully we'll have our stuff together by then. Thanks, guys.